6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Right now, though, I want to get to the story that has been dominating news headlines all week. And there are calls for complete access to school and church records to begin the long process of identifying the remains of the 215 children found on the grounds of BC's former Kamloops Indian Residential School. Now, the director of the Indian Residential School History Centre at the University of BC says churches and the federal government have fought for more than 20 years against making such school records available. It's believed Indigenous children from as many as 74 communities in BC, Yukon and Alberta may have attended that school in Kamloops. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission has records of 51 children dying at the school. Our next guest wrote a report titled, Where are the children buried for the National Truth and Reconciliation Commission more than five years ago? Lakehead University anthropologist Dr. Scott Hamilton joins us this afternoon. Dr. Hamilton, welcome to 630 Ched in Edmonton. Yeah, thank you. Um, first things first, you know, I, I have to say I read your report this morning and I learned more in an hour than I did uh, in school or in the 30 years I've been out of school. What was what was your hope when you wrote this report? Well, um, I was produced, I produced that report um, for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the the volume of work that they conducted, the interviews, the testimony they collected, um, painted a, a bleak and terrible picture of Canada's history. And frankly, the reaction that we've seen in this past week was something that I was expecting five or six years ago. And it didn't really come to pass. And that surprised me at the time because I was expecting the current kind of response from across Canada. So here we are, uh, the news out of Kamloops, finally shining a spotlight on this shameful part of our Canadian history. People are paying attention to it and, and calls for action seemingly now being heard. How do we make sure it stays in the forefront? How indeed. Um, I think probably the most important thing that can happen in the immediate short-term future is um, that survivors, uh, the leadership of the communities that these these kids came from, um, have an opportunity to reflect on what they want to see happen moving forward. And people like me need to take that guidance and act upon it as if we are, if we are asked to. Um, it, 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 there's so many possible scenarios, so many possible solutions so much complexity it's not something that we can rush into we need to think carefully and thoughtfully and sensitively about a really traumatic experience dr hamilton in your report it says while some graves and cemeteries associated with the residential schools are known and are still maintained others 
are now unknown or incompletely documented in the, lit in the literature and, and may even have passed from local memory. Without formal documentation, it becomes more difficult to offer protection from contemporary or future land development. Just one of the points in 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 the report, which was titled "Where Are the Children Buried?" So, what were some of the major points that, when you asked that question, "Where are the children buried?" What what answers did you find out? Uh, simply, we don't know. We don't know where the children are buried. We know where some of the children are buried. Um, many of these cemeteries are uh, hard to see on the ground. Um, they have been overgrown with vegetation. Uh, the crosses, the fences are gone. Um, some of them are built on top of, some of them are lying abandoned in forgotten corners of Canada. And we don't have a great deal of, of substantive information about first where these places are, how large are they, how, how many outlying graves there might be beyond the central cemetery place. Um, what kind of condition or vulnerability are these sites? Uh, who, where, the children who are buried there? Uh, all of those questions remain unanswered. What did you learn about the burial process um, at these schools, you know, the children who died at the schools? And, and I'm curious to know, was, was there any effort ever to try to return the bodies of the children home? Um, I think the the efforts to return children home is more the exception than the rule. Um, these schools um, were run very parsimoniously, to put it <laughs> as gently as I can, and there was a policy coming from Ottawa that kids could be returned home for burial if the cost of transportation to take them home was less than the cost of burying them on the school property. Huh. So as a result, you know, remember, this is stuff that was happening in the 1840s, 1860s, 1880s, 1920s. Um, I think it's safe to assume that the vast majority of children who died were either buried within burial grounds on the school property or buried in burial grounds associated with the mission church or with local nearby local municipal cemeteries or if they were ill and got transferred to hospital and then died in hospital, they they might be buried in a hospital cemetery or in a municipal cemetery. We really don't have a good sense of the range of different um, burial options that were followed. There, There is a huge, huge job ahead of this country, isn't there? Oh, it's staggering. It's staggering. Dr. Hamilton, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Um, and uh, I'm going to recommend that people find your, your report and take a, a read through it. Uh, it was eye-opening for me. And uh, I thank you for joining our show this afternoon. 
Thank you very much for your interest. Take care. Dr. Scott Hamilton joining me this afternoon. He is uh, the Chair of Anthropology at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay. The, the, final, the final paragraph in his report says, the cemeteries that have been documented by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission are, for the most part, abandoned, disused, and vulnerable to accidental disturbance. Developing a strategy to address this problem is complicated and will require long-term and thoughtful discussions about the most appropriate documentation, commemoration, and protection procedures. This report should be treated as an ongoing effort designed to be a catalyst for further investigation. I'm going to urge you, if you're interested, it's a 44-page re report. I read it in an hour this morning. Where are the children buried? It is eye-opening, lots of information in it. But when we talk about moving forward, the long-term and thoughtful discussion, appropriate documentation, commemoration, and protection, that has been at the forefront of uh, the conversation over the past number of days about how we move forward. What are the next steps in finding where the children are buried?